I'm your host, James Nieves, and I'm here with Blaze, editor-in-chief over at Crackberry, Alex Bass, and special guest Daniel Patel. His recent uploads on YouTube drove us to connect, and we're happy to have him on. But let's talk DTEK60. Crackberry finally put out their review of the DTEK60, <laughs> and Daniel has been sharing his experiences on the DTEK on his YouTube channel. Guys, what's the final consensus on this device? Should I really be selling my S7 Edge to get one? Yes, James, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think so. I think you need to. It's a, it's, I think it's a completely different experience on, on a Samsung with some of the services that BlackBerry gives other than, you know, and, and side-loading keyboards and trying to, t trying to do that uh, rather than getting the DTEK60. I think the DTEK60 just completes it. It's a well-rounded device. I think I think you got to get it. Blaze, can you co-sign on that, man? I mean, I read your review, but I, I thought it would answer the question for me, but it really didn't. It kind of made me more skeptical about the device because you went into such detail in terms of your experience. Is there anything, Blaze, that you would like really do if you were to re-engineer that device? Is there something you would maybe change? Like, is the camera bump something you'd go out and change, or is there something maybe more uh, critical on it that you think maybe could use a tweak? No, I mean, for me, what it comes down to really is that, um, personally, I find that in the comparison to like a Samsung Edge, basically you're you're getting almost the exact same level of quality of hardware when it comes down to it, really. Um, it just depends on whether or not you want the additional stuff that Samsung really jams into their devices. I mean, when you look at the situation of what, what, the, what comes loaded on the DTEK50, or sorry, DTEK60, um, I'm looking at a DTEK50 right now, that's why. <laughs> um, you know, when it, when it comes down to what the software gets loaded onto, onto that device, I think that BlackBerry's approach, um, keeping things rather minimal, is something that appeals to, you know, quite a few users in comparison to the Samsung devices, because you know, as well as I'm sure mostly everybody else here does, Samsung throws everything in the kitchen sink into their devices, and sometimes it it can be a little bit overwhelming, a little bit too much in terms of what you actually want and need out of your device. And for me, when it comes down to it, I'm perfectly fine with what BlackBerry loads onto onto the DTEK60. It's rather stock OS, very minimal changes that are added to it, and basically, I, I just like that package and. You know, when it comes to the updates and everything else that flow along with that, I mean, Samsung doesn't have, they don't have a great track record of updating their devices. They've been doing better recently because they they have sort of slack back on touch with, um, but they still kind of throw everything and the kitchen sink along in there. Um, but the updates, you know, they're, they're still not where BlackBerry is in terms of updates. So if that's something that is is of concern then you know you need to pay attention to that as well um overall I, I don't think that you could really go wrong in terms of either device it just comes down to what what you really want as an end user do you want everything in the kitchen sink thrown in there do you like tons of options or do you like the 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 slack back interface that blackberry offers and for me i like the slack back interface that blackberry offers because I don't want all the additional fluff that Samsung throws in there. So, and a big decision for me was the physical home button versus the non-physical home button that I talk about. It's uh, that one for me. I just ergonomically, I think it's easier to have an on-screen home button 
versus a physical home button. And so that was a big decision um, right there off the bat that threw out the iPhone 7 and throughout the Samsung S7 or even S7 Edge. So um, that's where it landed with the Pixel and the DTX60 being closer in comparison because of stock Android, more of a stock experience, and then also not having a physical home button. You know, and, and even in NuGet, when that does come out and get pushed out to BlackBerry devices, the big thing with Google Assistant, that home button, when you press it, it kind of pushes out the little colorful things. I'm sure BlackBerry will take that along with it. It remind every time I click the home button now on my phone, it reminds me that Google Assistant's there, and you can't do that really on a physical home button. So, I, realistically, there's going to be I think more and more in the future having those on-screen buttons is going to be a big deal. I've never been a fan of physical buttons, and I just don't know if I can get used to it. But I definitely agree on that. That that was something that was super jarring for me, leaving the DTEK 50, having the touch buttons, and then going to the S7 Edge, which has like the in my opinion, backwards capacitive setup where multitasking's on the left instead of the right, yeah. and then the back button's on the right instead of the left, and then there's just that normal home. It was just a very weird thing. And then the fingerprint sensor on the front is also a little bit odd. I right now have my right thumb programmed like a couple times, and I've just been too lazy to add my other thumb, so I always have to swap hands and things like that. And if I, th- I think it would just be more natural to have something on the back with, with more fingerprints added, and I think that's definitely something that... I haven't liked about this device. I have a post coming up. I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. And it's talking about that keyboard cover that I talked about in the after show and kind of my final verdict on it. And it actually uses some of those capacitive buttons to actually do typing and things like that. And I was surprised at how close it got to a BlackBerry typing experience, albeit jacking for the most part, ripping off of the BlackBerry keyboard style. I mean, it even has the same sculpt and curve that obviously we've seen on Priv and other devices like the Classic, which goes to show you what Samsung's doing out there, right? I know Blaze is all, you know, talking about the kitchen sink and all these things, but it's so many options, right? You can get something close to what you're going to get in terms of, like, a Mercury-type experience on a Samsung right now. And even two years ago with, like, the Note having one and the S6 as well, it's kind of tough to service your market, and it, and it kind of constrains you in your cost proposition as well. If you can go get a keyboard for 60 bucks or even, like, 20 bucks. How much is the keyboard worth on a BlackBerry? You know, they obviously have to layer some things yeah. on there—the touch sensitivity, maybe a fingerprint sensor. That's what's really going to make the Mercury, I think, pop. Daniel, for you, the Mercury device, this this keyboard QWERTY Android device—is that something that interests you, or are you really enjoying the the all-touch experience? No, I, I like the all-touch experience. Um, the keyboard—I I did have a keyboard coming right from the the curve, and then I went to the Z10. Uh, and then I went to the Z30, and those became the all-touch. And once I moved to the all-touch and and yeah. saw how quickly I could type on a virtual keyboard versus the physical keyboard and how well BlackBerry detailed all the little things that they did well on the physical keyboard, um, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. And uh, I switched over, and I haven't even looked back. I thought about the Priv for a small moment, thinking physical keyboard would be great because you can have a lot of shortcuts. Um, and you can just you know pull down the keyboard and and you know you can you can uh, program any of the keys to do whatever you want and I thought that would be a great a great feature a great idea uh, but then of course they priced it a little bit higher than I wanted to pay for that uh, and then hoping that a higher spec phone came out so uh, seeing that the the DTEK 60 has the convenience key now that allows me to program one extra button in there to do whatever I want, uh, it, it fulfilled my needs, to tell you the truth. 
Yeah, I wish my Samsung had one, but it doesn't. <laughs> I, I like that convenience key too. And one of the things I thought was, was really smart was that they had all those pre-built shortcuts in the BlackBerry launcher that then you could add on there as well. So if I wanted to just send an email, make a call to a specific contact or anything, all of that's built in. And you mentioned this a little earlier, Daniel, that you know just the out-of-box experience that you get of the BlackBerry suite of applications is just better on a BlackBerry device. And I did find that to be the case here as well. I have... Again, a forthcoming review of how the BlackBerry Experience Suite works on other devices, but that is a little little nip that I've been able to find on my Samsung as I'm using it, especially with this keyboard cover. It will, I have the BlackBerry keyboard on, right? And obviously, it's not officially on any any services or any kind of offering BlackBerry has. But I'll put my you know my cut keyboard cover on, and then it basically just kills the BlackBerry keyboard, and basically that app crashes, and then the Samsung default keyboard comes up because that's how that. You know, keyboard cover actually works with it. So little inconsistencies like that and constant notifications of, hey, which keyboard do you want to use? Again, things haven't totally been ironed out on that experience as of yet, and it just isn't as good as you're going to get, I think, on a, on a core BlackBerry device. Uh, I feel like I'm out of the club now with all you guys enjoying them. Uh, Blaze, in, in your review, you consummated a lot of thoughts on the different apps and the different experiences. If I'm looking at a DTEC 50, which was recently on Amazon Canada for a very good price of 279 went very quickly as well, right? I think, Blaze, you might have sold them out of those devices with that post. Probably. Is that a bait and switch? Like, how does that happen where, you know, maybe with someone just, oops, put the Black Friday deal out too early or something? Like, who knows? I don't know. It's hard to say. I think sometimes that stuff does come up like that, and they don't catch it in time, and it is what it is. But the way that Amazon works is that they always have the, the third-party retailers that can sell through Amazon as well. Which is always like when you look at something, it's like, okay, you can buy it from Amazon, but you can also buy it from these other retailers for this particular price. And I always I always find that kind of tricky because sometimes you look and you're like, oh, well, I can buy it on Amazon for this price. And then next thing you know, you know, 10 minutes later, as we saw today, the price is jacked up by like $100. It's always, always weird when I buy stuff from Amazon. I love Amazon. That's where I got my keyboard cover, actually. And come to think of it, I believe, yeah, they have these little Amazon deals where they go to like the warehouse and huh. you know the bo- the box may have been like dented on the side or something like that, and they do inspections and they quality proof it and they give you discounts on the actual purchase. And that I think is is pretty clutch of Amazon. Although the Echo is not. Like, I'm sorry, Echo. Right, Google Home all the way. <laughs> So, Daniel, in some of your other videos, you've shown other devices talking about like Pixel and different things and, you know, the Samsungs and all comparison. Do mm-hmm. you think right now someone should really consider a DTEK60 over a Pixel, knowing that we have like a Pixel user here on with us in Alex, who's all about this Pixel. He will not stop about the Pixel. Is it is it really as good as it seems? I want to get another opinion on this because yeah. I can't just I can't take Alex for granted on this. No, no, it, it is a really nice experience. I got to say, it's it's super smooth. Uh, nothing, nothing makes it crash or get it laggy. It, it it's buttery smooth right through all the experiences, no matter how many apps you have open. So, um, it's fantastic in terms of the overall stock Android experience. Um, I didn't think it could get better to to in terms of um, stock Android getting better, but these little tweaks that BlackBerry has done. I think it makes it better. So that kind of changed me over a little bit because it was really between the Pixel and 
and the uh, the DTEK 60 as my as my main phone. Uh, my wife now has taken over my Pixel uh, uh-huh. and using that and uh, and loving that device. I mean, it is it is a truly great experience. Uh, I'm hoping BlackBerry does. Uh, come out with the keyboard for the Pixel because my wife is definitely missing that. Um, so, I mean, the Pixel, you can't go wrong with either device, to tell you the truth. It's just, do you want some of the features that BlackBerry threw into the DTEK60? Uh, and are those more important than getting the Google stock experience sooner? Uh, and for me, it wasn't. I mean, I, I love having uh, the Google, you know, the stock Android. As soon as it comes out, I would, I wish uh, BlackBerry could have it the day after that Google releases it. Um, but uh, I found that having the DTEK app um, and the keyboard itself really, and and some of the little security things they did with the hardened kernel, those were things that were really important to me. And just the productivity of how the BlackBerry uh, Z30 worked for me and the productivity of it. Uh, I, I just couldn't give that part of it up and going to stock Android playing with stock Android before uh, before even the pixel I just didn't feel like it had the productivity of what Blackberry can bring for me and that's just my opinion so but you can't go wrong with either device they're they're amazing devices they're both speedy they're both amazing the camera on the pixel uh, is a little bit sharper and faster I would say and I would say it's easier to get a better shot. The DTEK 60, you can match the picture. You can you can get just equally a beautiful shot, uh, but it just takes a little bit more work. It might be with the exposure dial. It might be with going into manual mode. It might be a little bit. You could you could set it up perfectly to get the exact same shot. And quality wise, I would say it's just a little bit softer of a picture. But in terms of uh, in terms of the camera, you wouldn't notice unless they were side by side. And I, when I took the, the DTEK 60 shot, they were phenomenal. And then I took the Pixel and the S7 shot, and they were, they were just that slight bit better, um, just in terms of sharpness. But I, as I tested a few different scenarios, I could get the same shot on, on all the phones. So, so See, we- I have a mental block when it comes down to like comparing the Pixel and the DTEK 60. Like, I get, I get that people are interested in it. I totally get that, and I get the the comparisons that are being made. I totally can understand them. But when it comes down to it, for me personally, it's kind of like I literally do have a mental block in doing the actual comparison because of the fact that the price points are so far apart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can buy a a DTEK 60 on Shop Blackberry, but that's literally like the really the only spot that you can go out and buy it, right? You have to buy it unlocked. But you can go to Google and you can pay like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars for a pixel, whatever. Or you can go in Canada at least. I forget what the setup is in the US. Um, but you can buy them on carriers as well, which helps reduce the pricing. But even like for me to go out and buy a pixel right now, it starts at two $250 with a uh, with a $150 trade-in. So that's minus the trade-in, that's $399 without a trade-in at Rogers, Telus, or Bell. And I, I just, of course, that also includes a two-year contract. So you have to weigh all of those options. Like, I have a mental block when it comes down to comparing the two because I don't want a contract. I'm not going to pay $400 to put myself into a two-year contract 
just so that I can get a phone when I can buy the phone outright for slightly more and own it and not have to worry about the contract or everything. You know, when it comes down to it, 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 it it's not even about the software. It's not about like what what the Pixel offers or how good the camera is or anything. It really comes down to I can't get the DTEK60 on a contract or anything like that. So I'm going to go with what automatically equates to the cheaper product for me because I don't want to have to deal with a two-year contract. So like I said, it, it the com I get the comparisons. I understand them. But for me personally, I would never buy a Pixel because I don't want the two-year contract and I don't want to pay like $900 for a phone outright. You know what I mean? So, Blaze, if I'm reading into this correctly, you're saying if you need to leave the country, you want to have a phone that works. You yeah. Know, in an emergency. <laughs> Once the walls build, it's going to get difficult. It's one of those things where I look at it, at the situation in the entirety, which probably, you know, most people don't because most people try and buy their phones from their carriers anyways, right? Um, just to get the better phone at the cheaper cost or supposedly cheaper cost. But... I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where I just can't get over it because I can't I can't make the correlation between them because of the cost. I know what the actual cost is at the end of the day, and therefore I'm automatically just going to go with the no contract price <laughs> and buy the cheaper product. I think consumers are really getting there to that point where they they are seeing the you know the up the upside of really going unlocked and buying it yourself and paying you know a more proper value as opposed to the inflated ones alex and i both got our privs at at&t yeah. and you know we're still we're probably still paying i am i owe about 250 bucks on it still yeah, so yeah. so you know point made right what was it 740 yeah. something like you know something crazy crazy like that's yeah. and yeah you know you get it for you know, $100 or zero down or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it locks you in and it makes you a little bit less agile to move between, you know, different devices in the future. Um, iPhone, sorry, Blaze, had to had to throw you there. But <laughs> in, your, in your final, final conclusions, Blaze, what's something that you really think BlackBerry should take from the DTEK60 and put into their next device? And I kind of want to open that up for everyone because I think there's areas of a lot of the phones that are out there, be they a Samsung or a Pixel or whatever the case may be, that we want to see BlackBerry adopt and we want to see them take over. I'll start with you, Blaze. What are some or even just one thing that you like about the DTEK60, be it a physical attribute or a software one, that you want to see in future BlackBerry devices? Um, I, think, I think I can just basically generalize it by saying that like I want them to keep up with the the spec scenario like the spec scenario is something that it has long been something that's been problematic for blackberry like every device that they put out in the past always seems to be not exactly up to par when it comes to the actual specs like they're always like a year off on the specs and arguably you could probably you could probably push that and say that is the case with the DTEK 60 as well but they're not as far from it um, with the DTEK60 is what they were in previous generation devices. Like, how many, how many, how many BlackBerry 10 devices did we buy that were essentially the exact same thing over and over, just in a different form factor, right? So, don't make me count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, every one of them was pretty much the exact same device in the long run, um, at the specs level. Um, 
But yeah, I think that I think that's it. They just need to keep up with if they're going to continue to go ahead and push out devices, they need to keep up with the specs race a little bit more than what they have previously. Like this is a really good device. The DTAC 50 is a really good device for what it is and the cost that you pay for it, right? Uh, but I can't say that about previous devices. Like even the Priv, the Priv was a little bit long in the tooth when it launched and it, it slipped out basically just on the borderline of what could be considered old at the time. Um, but I think that's that's the key thing for me. Just keep up with the specs. Um, keep them current. Whoever your hardware partners are going to be, just make sure that the specs are in line with what is, is out there because that's pretty much the only way that they're going to essentially stand a chance in any sort of... Um, you know, consumer interest level or anything along those lines. Because once you, if, if they revert back to like older specs, then nobody's going to care. Like nobody's going to care about a phone with a year old specs, right? As long as it can run WhatsApp, right? Which, <laughs> I, which ironically, BBOS and BlackBerry 10 are going to be able to do now until June of 2017. Yeah. That's like another six month lease on life. Alex, from a development perspective, how much work was that for WhatsApp? I I realistically, aside from not giving it feature parity, like I get that. Um, if you just said realistically, we'll keep supporting it. We're just not going to have feature parity because I think they've been releasing uh, essentially like a Snapchat competitor within WhatsApp. So building that into the the BB10 version, yes, that would be a lot of work. I'm sure there's a lot of things that they'd have to do. So I understand they'd want to stop doing it at that point. But just to keep it running, just for the basic chat to be working, I don't really see a reason that they should, you know, force an end of life um, for any reason. And and you and I were talking uh, before we got started, and realistically, you know, the June 30th, 2017, you know, realistically, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it keeps running after that. Um, I, I don't see any reason that they're going to go out of their way to end it, unless there's some, like, major problems or some kind of security thing pops up. It's just there's no reason to go out of the way to end it, but whatever. I don't know. They don't technically it's, support it now. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. This runs, but they offer mm -hmm. no support to yep. it. <laughs> and they are sticking no, to the deadline. Help! They're like, no, sorry, we don't support that yeah. anymore. Yep. <laughs> Who emailed? Never mind. I guess someone does, right? <laughs> it's I funny because the. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, no, I, I, just move over to the to the DTEC 60 or the BB Android experience too, because you, you know, I was a loyal fan of BB 10, and I didn't want to let it go. But as apps start dropping away, yeah. kind of, I was kind of like, okay, well, the message is on the wall. Something's not right there. I, I've got to try to keep up the experience, and uh, and so it made it less guilty for me to move over to BlackBerry Android. Um, and so it helped actually not having so it was you know, an inside job. Blackberry and WhatsApp teamed up to get you to get off the movie <laughs> town already. We want to stop supporting it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that. I, I mean, we have friends that we talked about that in terms of, you know, makes it easier for Blackberry to, to kind of um, kill BB10 at some point or, or slowly wean people off. And when you start getting rid of services, people are naturally going to have to jump over and you're going to have a very small amount of people that are going to be angry when you drop a service uh, because there'll be no one left kind of thing. Man, so. I saw people that were angry that they actually switched to an Android device. 
Yeah, I gave up my WhatsApp. I could have had six more months of my BlackBerry tech device. Yeah. I bought a DTEC 50. What the hell? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really thinking of going back to my passport here soon and here, hearing the uh, the sentiment just makes me more excited to see what it's about. Like I'm still waiting for 10.3.3, no, and I don't know no. if I'm just foolish at this point for for waiting uh, on it. But I think I feel like it will at least iron out some of the weird bugs that may be lingering out there. Maybe no. one or two of them. The boys like no, no, not at all. <laughs> I I I think BB10 is really good for what it does. I'm, I migrated a friend over from a Z30 to a DTEC 50, and you know, it's that it's that constant fight of wait, where's the file manager? Well, it's in Google Play. Um, where's the story maker? Well, something like it's in Google Play. <laughs> where's the you know? And you could go on and on. Where's the native music player, right? And I had to show him like, well, Google Play Music kind of is that. Oh, He's so like, conf- that is so confusing, what, right? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, kind of? I'm like, well, you know, it, it's like a Spotify and your, you know, yeah. that conversation goes on and on when you're bringing yeah. people over and. You take it for granted. You really do. I think you you come to to learn and appreciate new things, but you kind of harken back to what BlackBerry had on BB10, and it still is unmatched in in my you know in my respects of it. And even with what's coming out on you know the DTEC60 and the advancements they've made on the Hub, which Hub Plus Services got a beta update. So check out Crackberry if you want to see what some of those new things are. Actually, One don't, more... don't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put it out there right now. Don't do that. Don't don't. What if you're signed up for the beta? Roll it back because the the new beta builds they absolutely suck. It's bad. Oh man. You need to you need to put a caveat in your post. So look, <laughs> look. Okay, for as long as I have been writing about their beta builds on Android, there has never been, to my recollection, a beta build that has been as bad as what this is this is this is not a good one <laughs> they need to roll out a new one just get rid of this one and roll out a new one <laughs> what's bad about it specifically i mean are you even using blackberry like apps like from the suite really like aside from hub or yeah i mean that's that's essentially part of of what is problematic and now i say this i obviously have to preface it by saying that not everybody is experiencing the problem as given the case and it is a beta so it's not really you know, it's not really fair to crap on them for having problems in a beta. I mean, logically, if you're having problems with the beta, you roll back the beta. There you go. You're fixed. However, <laughs> they put it out there. They put it out there like, hey, this isn't working. Can you guys make sure that that's the case? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. it's not working. Something like that. But um, some, like I said, some people have problems with it. Some people don't. However, personally, on my DTAC 60, man, it when I installed the services update and I installed essentially the hub update because the contacts and the notes and the task updates, those are minimal, those are nothing. But whatever this beta build did between the 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 hub services and the hub application itself, man, it caused some serious lag within the BlackBerry hub. I'm talking like tap on a button, wait three minutes, and then it will actually start doing something. The rest of your device is perfectly fine. It moves through everything perfectly, perfectly normal. However, when it comes to the hub, whatever they did in the hub in this particular beta is not, it's not pretty. Just, just avoid it. <laughs> Some of the updates sounded pretty cool, though. Like they had improved rendering for you know rich formatted HTML. I mean, we saw the toggling to remove accounts and stop syncing as well. There was some interesting stuff in there, like I saw about avatars. Let me go look at it a little closer. Yeah, there's- there's definitely some good stuff in there. 
I'm just saying mm-hmm. that uh, on certain devices, for whatever particular reason, it, it the, the beta update is not that pretty. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Hopefully they fix that and DTEC, which is incorrectly statusing devices. Someone actually BBM'd me this concern, let's say, like last week or the week before, and he's like, what's wrong with my device? Like, what do I do? And that's that's where I feel like DTEC is weak, where it's you know there's an issue, but it doesn't necessarily explicitly say what to do you know, in that instance, and then maybe you tap it and it gives you, you know, some options. And I told him his option at that point was, you know, wipe your device or wait for a fix, you know? And you know, there's really no way to tell what particularly compromised your operating system. You know, an app could have installed something and that changed the OS. I mean, it's not entirely sure, but they're looking at that issue. Uh, Blaze, I was surprised to see you in the BlackBerry knowledge base that deep, man, to be quite honest. <laughs> I get alerts for it, so every now uh, and then... Go. I scroll through them and find out something that is actually important. And I knew I knew that several people had brought up that issue in the forum. So it was obviously something that you know wanted to make a little bit more clear, so that everybody everybody who was experiencing that issue knew that it wasn't you know necessarily just them. It is a situation that is currently being looked at, and hopefully will be corrected and addressed. So hopefully soon, because I know. When you when you put your flagship behind the name DTEC, like you want the app to work, I yeah. think you know you want it to yeah. <laughs> to carry you well in that respect. I have a couple patron questions that I want to address here on air before we move into our brief after show, where Daniel's going to be telling us more about kind of what inspired him to go do these videos on YouTube and and kind of the feedback that he's been getting along the way. One of our patrons here, Rico, asks: After the launch of DTEC 50 and 60, huge sale on Shop BlackBerry. Do we think next earnings call devices will finally show an upward trend? Have we turned the corner around? What do you think, Alex? Do you think that BlackBerry continues to put out these devices because it is helping them turn the corner? The sales that are happening, you know, the good discounts on these devices. Do you think all of this is going to consummate and really us getting there in terms of that break-even and/or profit in the hardware segment? Yeah, I mean, realistically, I don't, I don't think they need to sell too many to have a break-even, especially with this, you know, the partnerships that they have going on. If they're not the ones building the hardware, so why not? And and realistically, these devices, I think they're, as we've talked many times before, they're just trying to get through some of their, you know, timeline. They've they've had these devices planned for a while, and they're finally pushing them through. Um, but maybe the sales from some of these will actually justify them to stick around longer, and maybe we should, you know, push out a couple more devices. Because whenever we hear Chen talk, he does talk about this. You know, there's there's one more that's coming, and it's going to be built by us. But um, they may end up doing more if these devices sell well. Because I really don't think they need much to to break even or do a little bit better than that. But yeah, I'm I'm hope I'm I'm hoping they do break even. But I think what the biggest thing for me that almost made me jump ship to the Pixel um, was I didn't know their direction in terms of what they were doing with their handsets. So I like the idea that they did the DTEC 50 and then they did the DTEC 60 and then they're going to do a DTEC 70. Um, But I know a lot of people uh, that I talk to they like really the idea of having, you know, a Samsung S6 and then a 7 and then an 8 or an iPhone 5, you know, 6, 7. And there's this kind of lineage. And BlackBerry really hasn't done that since they came out with BB10. They kind of are going in, in different directions all the time, trying to see a different what sticks. And I think 
that almost lost me because I didn't know if there was going to be a follow-up. And if I'm liking how my BlackBerry DTAC 60 is working, I like how the features work, I like how it's how the buttons are, I, I you know, I like how everything works. I want another device that just stays up, like Blaze said, stays up with the with the specs, but also follows the design lines of the device that I love. So you know, don't just jump ship and go, you know, try out a different phone with a different spec, with a different screen, with a different size. I think they need to figure out where they want to go. And if they have a hit, which I hope they do on this one, seems by the interest and the, definitely the uh, the responses is that they need to stick with it now and and come out with, you know, a hard, a hard physical keyboard one and a touchscreen one and then have a lineage for those two. That would be, you know, I think that would bring them back to profit uh, sooner, quicker, get people excited and get them to actually, um, you know, have faith that BlackBerry is going to follow through with the next device. And that's what, as soon as this one iPhone launches, I mean, everyone's already releasing stuff and rumors about the next one. Mm -hmm. Same with the Pixel or whatever it is, people are already talking about the next one. And with BlackBerry, you know, we, there's really none of that that goes on. You just kind of think, okay, here's a new device. They throw it out there. You hear about it, you know, through channels and, and, and things of that sort. But, uh, you know, you need to get people excited. And if we're going to do these videos and all of these things, you want people to have momentum and building for the, you know, the DTEC 70 or 80 or whatever it is in that lineage. So that's just my opinion. That reminds me of a conversation that I had with someone back when back when the BlackBerry Passport was essentially launching. They were getting ready to launch it and they had um, I can talk about it now because it's all old news now but um, they basically had a meeting with all of the all of the media who was going to be handling the BlackBerry Passport right for the reviews and stuff like that so basically a big embargo meeting and getting people's thoughts and opinions on the device and so on and so forth and basically at that point in time the person the person that I asked I asked them you know how they basically asked me how I would like define the device and so on and so forth and I laid out what I would call it and you know what sort of marketing material I would throw behind it so on and so forth and you know it, it came up about whether or not this was actually whether or not the passport itself was going to be a family of devices. Like, are you going to? Is this going to be a family of devices, or is this just going to be like a one-off scenario that you're going to make use of this keyboard on? And as it turns out, it, the answer at that point in time was that no, it's essentially going to be a family of devices. We will have more devices with this keyboard whatever happened in between then and you know now obviously that story changed somewhat um, because we never saw another keyboard with the passport keyboard at all like there's no other device out there unless you actually factor in that you know they released like four different versions of the passport but that doesn't that's not the same thing to me like to me that would be that would be uh, a family of devices would indicate that there would be a passport too at some point in time, and that goes back to what Daniel was saying. Like, you know, it, there there are people out there who want another passport-like device, but they can't get it because BlackBerry never produced it, and now they're stuck with whatever, 
you know, the Mercury may be, or, you know, utilize, making use of, of the BlackBerry Priv, which has the touch-sensitive keyboard, but it's still not a Passport keyboard, you know what I mean? So they're, they're I, I totally get what Daniel's saying about the, um, the, the line of devices or the family of devices. Um, and that's indicative of like the Z30 too. There's still people out there who who are hanging on to their Z30s for dear life because they know that there's nothing in comparison available for them. Oh, the Z30. Maybe I'll go back to that device instead of my passport. <sighs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, I feel your sentiment, guys, and I, and I, I really... You know, I asked the question earlier. What's something you maybe want to bring that BlackBerry is currently doing forward? Blaze talked about consistency with specs and keeping kind of at the cutting edge, being right there in a timely manner to market. One of the things I want is just like I want to see more of what BlackBerry's ultimate. I don't want to say vision because I don't even know if they have that at this point. But I want to see a little bit more of what BlackBerry means by their security and productivity. Each time we get a device, they talk about, well, this is the hardware root of trust. You know, this is the encryption we're using. This is what DTEC is all about. And I'd like to see them continue to talk about what the security story and the productivity story is on their devices and do it in a progressive and, and better, better way. Because as these applications that they have stock on the device get developed, I'd love to see kind of a, an arc of maybe not as you guys are talking about that that hardware heritage where you get a lineage kind of created, but at least we can see that legacy start to create in software and they can start telling what that story is and as it grows. I think with Nougat and the Mercury, there's a lot that can be told with that jump and having a device early at the start of the year, running it and kind of we got the fingerprint sensor and all that stuff. I think it can really be a strong story for BlackBerry in the security sense. And I think as well, alongside that if we get more of a conversation of what blackberry is doing on a governmental uh, position i think is also important there because i think we look at what canada is doing right now with bringing a lot of different companies into you know the waterloo the toronto area and a lot of the innovation that they're trying to foster it's almost to to me it seems like a little bit of like a silicon valley of the north so to speak you know and in, in a different scale and i think if blackberry can continue to be part of that conversation as it pertains to the government bodies that help position these companies in this way, I think it's going to be something they can really take advantage of and grow kind of along with the rest of Canada and the rest of the region. And that's something as well I want to hear them continue to talk and discuss because I think people take for granted all the kind of deals that BlackBerry has in these different government bodies, be it in the Canadian government, all the way down to obviously what's happening here in our own on the in the United States. So those are two pieces I would like them to kind of take over and continue working on. What about you, Daniel? What's something that BlackBerry has done right that you want to see them keep doing into the future? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely, you know, in on terms of the hardware, I think I think they, you know, talking about specs, I think the screen, uh, brightness of screen, uh, the old LED screens, the, um, you know, keeping the red light or, RGB light, at least bring that back. Um, you know the sound quality; they've they've stuck through that. Just the build quality is is really nice. Um, the the camera finally, you know, we've got something that's respectful. Um, so I, you know, and now we have the app selection, and so I, I just I just think if we if we had some confidence knowing going forward that we're gonna have another one of these devices in this family. I think you're going to see a lot of people jump on board because I think 
I think that's where you almost, well, BlackBerry almost lost me as, as a real loyal fan, um, is that I just didn't know where they were going. I didn't know if I could trust that they were coming out with another device that would be, you know, under spec, that kind of thing. So um, if they could just carry that forward from what they've learned from the DTEC 50, 60, 50 and 60, really, but price point, I think, is is now becoming even more important for people. Uh, and, you know, as Blaze talked about, even on your carrier, in terms of how much it costs to get the Pixel or Samsung S7 or any of those, uh, it costs a lot of money. And so, you know, hitting the 650 mark in Canada, uh, seven, I think it was 750 all in, uh, fantastic price point. And I know some people would say, why would you pay that? and you know not buy the Alcatel or buy someone something else that's even cheaper or even the OnePlus um, but if you appreciate what BlackBerry does with their their suite of you know productivity apps um, and the keyboard alone and I just wanted something that works I didn't coming from BB10 and having to sideload and all of this stuff I just I didn't want any of that anymore I just wanted a, a pure BlackBerry experience with app selection and great specs and that's you know I that's why I jumped on it right away and uh, you know I'm just hoping they carry that through so yeah you, you can hear more from Daniel on his thoughts on various devices that are available on the Android platform and even iPhone over at your YouTube channel Daniel is your YouTube channel same as your handle here DP Canada is that correct Yes, it is. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, the first video you put out, I, I saw at least maybe like, you know, a week ago, it had over ten thousand views, and so kudos, congratulations on that. In the bland of BlackBerry, that is quite significant. It really is. <laughs> I, I, I was I've really BlackBerry surprised. videos, yeah. You know, because I just I had got I, I basically got it, and I was just so, you know, enthusiastic about it because it was a beautiful device, and finally something that I could be proud of saying. You know, to all my buddies, and say this is a BlackBerry. Look at this thing. You guys got to see it. It rocks. Um, you know, as as someone that keeps asking, a lot of people ask me, why would you buy a BlackBerry? And I just needed, I needed to shout it out. And uh, I was, I was surprised it just kept climbing, and it just, you know, five thousand, ten thousand, and you know, I think we're at twenty-five thousand yeah. or something like that now. And uh, you know, it, it it's awesome to see that interest, and I think the price point helps with that because the priv. Definitely, finally, they recognized that it was, you know, it was priced out of a lot of people's, you know, snack bracket, and uh, and it didn't have the specs that you wanted for that snack bracket. So, uh, I think this one's this one definitely is a hit. So, but so like the the thing with the Priv two though is like the R I I don't even really know the R and D associated with building a phone like that. Uh, the DTAC fifty DTAC sixty. It's not like it's an engineering marvel. It's not like the the priv was either, but it it was a big change. Like there there had to have been quite a bit of R and D going on, and we saw a lot of what they were doing for the passport. That was like one of the first phones they released that they really showed. You know, we had an industrial design team come in, and like they were really touting the design of it. So it seemed like finally BlackBerry is very serious about the design, and then the priv was what was next. So I'm sure there's a lot of money tied up in R and D, and you know, it, it makes sense why part of the phone was that pricey and then I'm sure another bit of it was they were just hoping the brand was there like this is the finally an Android phone that has a good keyboard but it just didn't you know it, it didn't work like that but definitely price is, is something that I think the, the 50 and 60 are closer to what they should be and uh, hopefully people get more on board with that Black, Blackberry if you're listening keep your keep your devices affordable because I don't have one yet so 
<laughs> we, need to get, we need to get in my bracket, right? And we're going to be all right. Take us out of here, Alex. Let's jump on this after show. All right. Sounds good. Yep. You know, check us out at berryflow.com forward slash Patreon if you want to check out the after stream. Um, after show, after stream, upstream, after show. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Later, guys. Later.